Welcome back to Inside Marketing Design. I'm your host, Charlie Marie. I'm the creative director at ConvertKit. And in this show, I'm giving you an in-depth look at how brand and marketing design functions in a variety of different tech companies. We dive in to the brand principles, the processes, the projects, and how they get their work done. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Yulia Yaskulska, who is the senior marketing designer at Buffer. Buffer is a software company that makes tools to help small businesses build their brands on social media, but they're also well known for being one of the pioneers in the remote workspace. They were one of the first companies that I ever heard of with a fully distributed team, with transparent salaries, with four day work weeks. I have a lot of respect for the way they run their business. And so naturally I was also very excited to dive in and learn more about the marketing design function of it specifically. In true Buffer fashion, Yulia was very transparent throughout our conversation and she had a lot of great insights about how she gets work done as the solo marketing designer on a team of 80 people. You're going to hear Yulia talk about this more in the episode itself, but one of the tools that she uses to get her work done effectively as the solo marketing designer is our sponsor, Webflow. Webflow is a no-code platform for building websites that gives designers like us the power to bring our ideas to life without needing separate development resources. It's very intuitive. It creates clean, like production ready code in the end, even though you're not actually hand coding it yourself. I've been using it at ConvertKit on some projects and I've been using it on my personal website uh, for many years. In fact, the Inside Marketing Design website is built using Webflow and it took me just a few weekends to put it together. You can give it a try for yourself at insidemarketingdesign.co slash Webflow. But for now, let's get into the episode and take a look Inside Marketing Design at Buffer. Welcome, Yulia. Really excited to have you on the show today and to dive into marketing design at Buffer. I don't know if you know this, but I spent about half my career being the only designer on a team. And so I you know I know your situation well, but I also know that every designer, every solo marketing designer, it's different, right? Depending on the company that you work at. So I'm looking forward to learning about marketing design at Buffer today. Shall we start with you talking about the makeup of the team? So we know you're the only marketing designer, but uh, where does your role fit within the company, how many other designers are on the team. Talk us through yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Um, excited. So I am an only designer, but we have at the design team six designers at all. And the design team is divided for, for me as a marketing designer. And then the rest of designers, they are in the product. But the product, not like every designer works on the certain tool. It's more like in the areas. Mm-hmm. So there are some areas that are overlapping with marketing more. So that would be more like a growth or onboarding and on yep. all of those areas. So I am at the design team at the same time I'm in the marketing. So technically I report to Tyler, who is the VP of um, design. And he's also like helping me with my career and I have one-on-one with him. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to like day-to-day work, I work at the marketing and I mostly work with uh, product uh, marketers and um, copywriters and developers. So they sit in the Marketing. So it's sort of like the marketing team maybe is where where your work comes from, but your manager and the person like managing your career growth is is the VP of design. Yes, that's correct. We also have like a weekly meetings and we are all open for the feedback. So I think it's always like super helpful to uh, get some eyeballs from someone who is like a designer, even if not the marketing. But I think this is like super helpful to not be like completely alone at the team. Yeah, that's good. That's really important. I think um, for a long time at ConvertKit, we didn't do 
design meetings like i didn't meet with the product mm-hmm. designers and get their feedback on my work and i really missed it i'm really glad we do now and it's good to hear that that you do that yeah this is something that's super valuable always to your other perspectives yeah let's talk about your work and what you focus on i find that usually what the marketing designer focuses on in their work is what the marketing team focuses on in like the way they market the product but not always i don't know if that's true for you and uh if so what are the the main types of of projects that you work on? Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's kind of similar because we are like fully digital product. I think this is kind of mm-hmm. obvious that most of the uh, projects are also digital. Um, so it's mostly about like website or like product launches. There are a bit of social media um, assets that we need for, for Satan launch to have like the most impact for each of the rollout. But it happens that we also have like some prints. I'm always super excited about those because my background is actually like printmaking. So this is from what I graduated. So it's always super excited. And, and it's also super exciting for everyone because we are like fully remote team, digital and everything. So if we produce something that you actually can touch, like everyone is always so excited mm-hmm. about it. And so we had beginning of the Q1, I think we had like a pretty big campaign. It was about the engagement with the customer and we created like a swag boxes. There was like a bathrobe. And then when people that my team noticed that we produced like bathrobe because it was about like difficult times, COVID and so on, uh, we mm-hmm, wanted them mm-hmm. to be like, okay, you have to just like chill out and we have everything covered and we just like go and <laughs> and rest uh, in the buffer bathroom and then uh folks at my team noticed that and they were like oh why do i don't have that one and uh that was like okay okay so we have to produce more of the prints um <laughs> for the team, <laughs> for the team too <laughs> yeah and uh it was it was great but i think for me like no matter if this is like digital or print i spent more most of my time on invisible part which i called so this is like planning, uh, thinking about uh, success metrics, like what actually is the problem that we solve. So I think the most important work, no matter if this is like print or digital, uh, this is always like Dropbox paper and and then thinking about like what you're actually trying to to do, because it often happens that at the end of the day, uh, when you work on something without uh, having the success metric set or or, or, mm. or things like that, um, or actually the problem defined, then at the end of the day, you find out that you actually have like a big detour and you're doing completely different things. So. Yes, I definitely want to dig into success metrics and all of that, because I love when a designer is especially focused on those things. Um, but maybe before we get into that, can we talk about the things you're responsible for? So it sounds like you are responsible for some success metrics. Um, are you also responsible for like the buffer marketing side, for example? What are your main responsibilities? Okay, that's interesting one um, because it, it really depends on the project. I think that our structure is okay. pretty flat. So currently I'm also an owner of the website. So I'm responsible for uh success metrics of the projects too and i'm also responsible for for delivering the work so it really depends on the project so if i'm an owner okay. i'm responsible for the for the metrics and also for making the work done so yeah i would say it really depends but yeah success metrics are included in, in that. so you might there be projects where someone else is the owner of like a landing page or something like that and you're the person like doing the design work for it but they are owning the 
the success metrics and the delivery. Yeah, exactly. And then they prepare mm. mostly the briefs um, and I'm helping them. Mm-hmm. And if I am the owner, it's mostly me preparing the briefs and, 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 and writing down what are the problems we are trying to solve and why this is important. And yeah, so it really depends on who is the owner, but it's really like a collaboration. Okay, cool. Right? Yeah, let's stick into that a little more then. How does a project, first of all, how does it get decided which, which projects get worked on at Buffer? And then how does it get decided who's going to be the owner of each? Oh, yeah, so we have the OKRs, that's a framework for the entire company. Mm-hmm. So this is super helpful for us to know what is the priority for us to work. We have uh, the, the one metric for the entire company and then it spreads down to certain areas. So we, we treat that as the, I don't know, like North Star for, for our work. And then yep. we also think about what are the product launches um, and what is the timeline for the product. And then we try to see what we should work first, what would be the most impactful, what campaigns we can do around the product launch to maximize its impact. Then when it comes to who works on what, I think that everyone is has some like interests in, and I think this mm-hmm. just, happens automatically I, I i don't know like for instance ash is great in the content and he he loves podcasts so he 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 always tackles that and uh yeah then mike it's more into the product marketing so so it just like happens like that and then me in the website and so there's not like there's one person being a program manager or something like i don't know deciding what gets worked on and like assigning it to people it's more like you meet as a group and have this discussion I'm guessing that maybe the like head of marketing or someone like that would have the final say, right? In in what? Yeah, happens. yeah, that's for sure. But we are now in this like tricky situation that we are hiring a, a new VP of marketing because we don't have now. So okay. we are like now uh, the boss for ourselves, which is like we have to. <laughs> we right, have right. To... And you make it yeah, happen. That's yeah, good. That's good. I like that. Like a lot of growth <laughs> happens, you know, when you are in in the area that you are not not super fluent in so 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 that's that's great and i think we are we are doing great um <laughs> yeah yeah that that's really good to hear with okrs do you set them um or like work on a, a quarterly cadence then are you sort of planning what work we're going to do over the next three months and and then who's going to own what and making it happen? yeah exactly uh so every quarter we we work on the new ones and then they are mostly aligned with the product first because we are a product driven company mm-hmm. um and then we set uh, ours yeah and then we, we we think about the project we usually list them down and then we pick like okay i think that this project will be more impactful for for the certain key results and 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 based on that we 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 prioritize which one uh should we work and then the order of of the projects can we talk through maybe a i don't know like a recent project that you worked on or maybe it was a recent product launch and about what marketing went into it i would just love to hear sort of start to finish um okay this thing came up for the product and we decided to do this and, and how you got it done we want to get nerdy and into the details so like don't feel like you're going too deep because i mean that doesn't exist on this show <laughs> yeah so maybe i will i will talk about the new homepage that we launched some time ago but this i think great. is a great example to 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 show how like the classic Perfect. workflow would look like buffer is a social media platform we have currently three main tools which is like publishing analytics and, and engagement and but we are kind of positioned in the past that we are only like a scheduling tool and we wanted to right to change this perception of, of buffer but it was hard because our homepage was still the 
published page. And so people didn't see mm. that we have also analytics and engagement tools. It was a bit tricky because also because of the conversion and we were afraid of changing it, but we knew that this is needed. So we, we defined like what's the problem because that was like purely the perception problem, also the problem uh, of the UX because it's just like the navigation of the, on the, on the website was just like, oh. And so mm. we wrote down all of the problems and then we also set like success metrics and we set the A-B test. And then we had Spencer who was like a website manager and he helped with writing the copy but my, my collaboration with him was all, always like super close. We were like brainstorming both on the copy Good. and on the design um, and also like on the success metrics too. So we put together the, the, the design. It was like a few, few iterations and then we, uh, we shipped it to test. And then of course it wasn't like a closed case because we, we were waiting still for the day that come and, and see if this actually was a success uh, for, for the problem that we set. If this if the solution solved yeah. that, and also if the if the success metric was okay, and and we saw that it was a success because we saw over twenty percent increase in monthly recurring revenue. That is definitely a success. <laughs> like to know as well that how cool as a designer to know that your work played a big part in that. Yeah, you know, I just I yeah, love that. Yeah. That's why I like getting into the data as a designer. I think it's really validating. Yeah, you know, on on your work <laughs> and on the value of design. And how long of a time frame did you have to work on this homepage? How long did it take? Um, so I think for design itself it was about two weeks but it included all of the conversation uh because i i really tried mm -hmm. to avoid the waterfall effect that i have copy and then i just like create based on the copy of course i'm inspired you want to have yes exactly yeah. so 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 there was like a lot of back and forth and and it takes time too um so i would say like two weeks and then uh before that i think um spencer also had like one or two weeks to to think through the messaging and the general direction. Mm -hmm. So around a month for for this like the design of the new home. Yeah, but it was cool. a big project, so so we didn't want to yes. hurry with this one. That's funny though that you think that um, a month is like not a hurry because I've heard from other people things taking much longer than that, and like we've had projects that can work that take much longer than uh. that too. So I think a month to get a new homepage is a really good timeline, honestly. Okay, that's good to hear from other perspectives. <laughs> you mentioned that this project came about because there was perception that you were only a publishing tool, right? Where did that come from? Did it come from user research? Did it come from what you were hearing people saying about Buffer? Um, just curious to know more more about. Yeah, that. it was it was mostly from user research, and so we 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 ran mm -hmm. some surveys. Mostly our um, product marketers talk pretty often with our customers, and and they ask like, how yeah. how do you see this or that? Um, and uh, also this comes from the tickets in the support team um, mm. you can also see like people ask for for certain things and we are like oh but we have that and and then we're like okay something is wrong <laughs> isn't that funny right how you have to like repeat things so often to get people to understand um we launched a free planet convert kit like oh i don't even know how long ago now over a year ago and we still have people being like Oh, I guess I'll start with Mailchimp because it's free, and we're like, no, but we we have a free plan too. Yeah. You could start here too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we still like we still need to get it into people's minds because we didn't have one for so long. Yeah. So I hear you on yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's tricky. <laughs> Sounds like it worked though. <laughs> and you said you ran this as, as an A/B test, so it was the new design versus the old one. 
is what you're testing, right? Yes, exactly. So the publish as a, a buffer publish as a homepage versus like all the products uh, shown on the homepage. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you do often? Test a new design versus an old one to like validate it, I guess, uh, or, or only for big important things like the homepage? Uh, we do try do that because I think it's like kind of sometimes we test the entire entire page or the entire flow. Most recently we. We change mm-hmm. the entire flow, so we skip the pricing because now we have like the funnel, like sign up, you click the CTA, then it goes to pricing page. And then from the pricing page, you pick the plan and then you start um, a trial or a free inserting plan. And so we wanted to to skip this and 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 push everyone to free. Mm. So so this was definitely an A/B test because it was like a huge change uh, for everything. So so we did test that. When we have some like smaller changes to okay, I will update. Uh, I don't know the image somewhere. We usually don't test it because this is time consuming and um, and, mm. and it's not always. But then we plan more changes later this this year, and we definitely want to A/B test something because it's not even like reducing the risk, but also knowing that the direction you take it's right. Yeah, so this is this is super helpful for for me to, for instance, like learn which design works better. And and if my hypothesis that I say okay, I would draw X that is actually the right hypothesis and maybe I should draw Y. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I love learning from A-B tests as a designer. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to take learnings as well and apply it to other things. Or like, I feel like every piece of data you get can help you make better decisions for projects in the future as well, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, do you have like a, a data team or someone that you're working with on this like who is the one running this test and like looking at the data and making a call and you know on on when it reaches statistical significance and all of that how does that work for you yeah yeah good good question we have we have matt who helps with data and he's responsible for the website um and also like seeing the impact on the funnel that i mentioned um so definitely it's not like the designer is alone there it's great that we have access to mix panel where we can see all of the changes but it's not like we cool. have to really understand fully everything what happens there. Uh, so, for instance, yeah. like I like to 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 take a peek in there and see like uh, how this performs, but it doesn't mean that I have to really understand everything and and and, and, and know everything about data. Yeah, yeah, cool. That makes sense. I love that you have access to it though, because it's getting you close to the data. That's cool. What um, service do you use to run these A/B tests? Um, so I think we have we have some internal tool. I think that our engineering okay. can build that. So we call it Albert, but this is not any like name for <laughs> <laughs> for the tool that you can. I love buy. it. It just gave it a name, like a yeah, a person's name. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I'm hearing from a lot of people when I ask about AV testing that internal tools is generally what happens. And I don't know, I think that might be what we need to do at ConvertKit as well, because we've not had much success with, uh, you know, tools like Google Optimize or something like that. It, it just, we're not getting the right data yeah, from okay. it or they don't, they don't seem to be running correctly. Oh, so, okay. okay. I'm hearing that we might need to build our own <laughs> internal tool. <laughs> Speaking of tools, though, let's go into a little more about what tools are involved as part of your marketing design process. Drop some names. Yeah. Okay. So Dropbox. <laughs> yeah. Dropbox? Dropbox. Okay. And you said Dropbox paper Dropbox before paper. as well. So is that your main like documentation tool that you use uh, to rather than Google Docs, for example? Yeah, exactly. So so uh, Dropbox paper mm-hmm. is a tool that where everything actually happens. We start from design okay. briefs. 
And then the design briefs actually includes everything, all of the napkin notes, all of the research, all of the explorations, all of the feedback that we find. Uh, and then really quickly, it becomes like another Slack channel because just people go there and hmm. comment and write in line. And, and so this is like, it's really interesting to see how this paper doc then evolves. Um, so I would say this is the place where the invisible design happens. And then when it comes to like moving pixels, <laughs> which I call so like the, the design tool, I like to use Affinity Designer. This is the tool that is magical for me. I was looking for the tool that uh, gives me this freedom of actually having uh, rasters and vectors and then everything in one. So it's like having Photoshop and illustration in one tool. But at the same time, like actually I can, I can just like do whatever that I can draw there. And this is like super important for me. I know that there are some designers that use uh, Figma entirely. I don't know how you do that, mm -hmm. but I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos for you. I, I cannot, I think that it's mostly because of my background. Like I, I like to have illustration that I can directly on the, on the web layout. Like I can just directly change because I see the composition is mm -hmm. off and I cannot just like predict that it will work when I have this on iPad. And also Affinity Designer mm. has like a great um, app for the iPad. So uh, I usually I've heard that, draw yeah. there the illustration and then it's all like work really seamlessly. And it also has like a huge downside, which is of course collaboration. And we are a fully uh, mm. remote company. And and this is, this is difficult because uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not like you have uh, just you know, you're clicking on, on the link and everything opens in there. I think like Figma made us all lazy because in the past it was normal that mm. you were like passing the file to someone and someone was opening there and we had like a Dropbox folders and everything was tidy and it wasn't a problem. And now I noticed that everything that is, isn't a link, it's already a problem. You have to download something. There is something that is like kind of worrying me in this because I, I strongly believe that everything should be the easiest possible. But at the same time, I don't know, like there is something off in this, in this, in this level, you know, like, uh, like it's always a problem when I send someone a Dropbox link, for instance, even if they have the tool, like they, they won't open it. And, and I don't know, like I have some hmm. theory that it's just like, Figma is great, but it just creates some bad habits too. <laughs> Interesting. I love love it coming in with a hot take. <laughs> Do the product designers on the Buffer team use Affinity Designer as well? Like, are you are you able to share files with them if needed? Um, no, they only have Figma. So I think this is also what complicates okay. stuff. And so now I'm working on creating like a um, library with all of the elements and um, mm -hmm. even like some blocks that we can build quickly the website so maybe this is my hypothesis that maybe then i can still keep working in affinity designer and also have people able to move the blocks and maybe even like some non-designer people to like build simple layouts from from ready-made blocks so they don't have to open the affinity designer hmm interesting i like hearing this i like that it's different as well because usually i do hear figma in response to like what tools yeah. do you use so i really appreciate your hot take about you <laughs> what about the website itself do you have a developer on the team that you work with on building that do you build it what system does that use talk us through yeah that. sure um so our main website so all of the important pages that 
uh, impactful for conversion. A lot of the business metrics are uh, built by a developer. So we have a developer at the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also use Webflow for uh, quick campaigns. And these are mm. usually built. So we have like those both directions. We also try to implement Prismic for headless CMS. So this will be something between web flow and static page. I, I have some high hopes uh, for this tool because I'm sometimes afraid of letting people into web flow, into the designer, uh, because it's like super easy to just like change the class. And, and so I think. And then, and then everything screws up across yes. the spine. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so even if I have all of the guidelines written in Notion, like how to do it, yeah. I still can sleep when I share the credential with someone. Uh, so that I don't trust, but it's just like, yeah, it's just easy just to do it by accident. It also happens to me that I change something and then I see something floating in the other place. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so, uh, we, we will build more and more in, in Prismic because we use Prismic, um, for the CMS, um, but not for uh, like the layouts that, that non-technical teammates can, can build from. So that will be something new. Gotcha. Can you give me an example of something you might build in Webflow versus having the developer build on the main site? When there are like campaigns because something happens in the world, I don't know, like with the COVID or Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement. Mm, so those are like campaigns that we have to ship fast. And so then I want to avoid like all of the handoff. I want to like build mm. something quickly. And, and then I even don't use any actual tool because I designed directly in Webflow, maybe just like a new logo or or just like an illustration so this is just like super super quick for us to build and then for 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 the for the developer those are all of the pages that we know that will stay with us for longer yep that we maybe will run some a b test in there so this is like the difference we have like the entire flowchart to know like if someone ha- uh, wants to build some new project which Ooh. which which tool you should you should use and we also have there in prismic and we just now some use case to start exploring this one. I love that. Okay, so when someone like wants to kick off a project, there's this flowchart they can work down to decide, okay, is this going to be part of the main site? Is Yulia going to build it in Webflow? Uh, are we going to implement the headless CMS? Yeah, cool. Exactly. I like that. Sounds like a good system for a remote company to have as well. <laughs> Avoids a meeting, right? To discuss it. They can just go through the flowchart and decide yes, themselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, knew, you knew the reason. <laughs> I feel like I heard you mention Notion before, that you had some documentation in Notion about using Webflow. That's interesting to me to hear you that you use Notion and Dropbox Paper. Where do those two tools come in for you and like, what do you use each each mm-hmm. one for? Notion actually has two use cases. And the first one is like the wiki for the entire company. You can find all ah, the information okay. about everything, actually. It's like... Mm-hmm. huge library that you know you go from one article to the other article and there is like there, there's no end uh, the <laughs> other one is for making project visible so it's kind of like maybe asana mm. maybe like jira mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you can see every single project that everyone the company works currently on. and then paper is more for communication more for like planning certain things, but all of the papers should be linked into the notion. So if someone is like, okay, I'm curious what Yulia is okay. working now, so they can go there and check. And also they should find a way to find the, the brief and all of the conversation that um, happens around certain projects. So it sounds like notion is more like the hub 
and it links out to paper docs or, or files and things like that. And it also sounds like Notion is the project management tool, which was another thing I was going to ask about is like, how do you manage projects? How do you stay on track and, I don't know, assign tasks and work together? So yeah, Notion answers that, I guess. Anything more to say on that? Uh, yeah, we also have Jira, of course, for more like uh, okay. development work um, just for the developer to make it all easier. Like, okay, those are only my 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 projects. So, and this also mm. links to to product engineers because they also work in Jira. So we still have some tools that are outside of Notion, more for I yep. think planning for the individual, not for the company visibility. Yeah, that's a good good way to describe the split. So you will when there's a new page to build for the main marketing site, one that is going to be part of the flow, you know, so it's going to stick around. Maybe it's one you want to A/B test. Uh, you will put it in Jira for the developer to work on it from there? Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, it's Sometimes it happens that they do that on their own. They put uh, it to Jira mm -hmm. because uh, when actually the new page is coming, it's usually a bigger project. It's not like a tiny thing. So so this yeah. is like mostly visible. And then it often oftentimes it happens to me that, okay, I see something is off. And so then I place it in Jira. So I don't have to like message them every time. It's just like... Easy for gotcha. everyone. Just like, okay, there is a place to do Yeah, yeah. Things. Yep, submit a ticket for the change that needs to happen. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Going back to the, like, this homepage design as an example of a project, um, you said you worked really closely with the person who was writing the copy, right? Um, and you would both feed each off each other to determine the structure of the page and the messaging, and they gave you feedback on the design as well. Who else is a stakeholder in a project like that, that you made sure you got feedback from and how did that process mm -hmm. work? So for sure, that would be VP of design. Actually, all of the conversation happens like transparently. So anyone, yeah, uh, anyone, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. We oftentimes also ask uh, advocacy team um, so they are aware that the changes are coming and if they can see something. Mm -hmm my cause like i don't know uh, more tickets because we don't want that so everything is like transparent so when it comes to like the main stakeholder that would be uh, vp of marketing uh, mostly and how does it work with the developer first of all what team do they sit on in the company are they part of the marketing team the like overall engineering team <laughs> yeah this is, a, this is a good question uh so the, the situation is similar to to mine they are in engineering so they have engineering manager mm -hmm. for sure they right. have their own meeting of front-end engineers that they can like share their learnings and feedbacks and and code reviews uh but at the same time they day-to-day -day they work with marketing and with me mm. so it's like mm -hmm. kind of similar to mine yeah yeah it is that's that makes sense that you both are in in a similar situation there and what does your collaboration process look like together how how do you work with the developer and what have you found to be some i don't know useful ways of getting because something we always struggle with as designers right is taking the design from our design software to the web and like i don't know there's always something that looks different but things that you do to minimize any of those differences yeah i actually think that the uh, our relation with with developer is super important and this is something that uh, yeah. we as designers should always work uh, i'm actually in the group that thinks we are designers we we don't have to code actually maybe we shouldn't <laughs> but i hmm. think that another hot take <laughs> <laughs> but i think that uh, it's important for us to to know the power and limitation of certain solution that we come up so actually for me webflow is a great tool it's it's no good tool but i 
know what we can do and I know what is yes. time consuming. I try to loop developers early so so they also can like come up with their own ideas. Like I, I want the developer to be partially a designer and I also want me to be mm. partially a developer. So it doesn't mean like I have the code, but I, I, there, there, you understand yeah, there has to be like some overlap. Um, so I try to loop them early. I don't want to have like a waterfall effect that, okay, this is ready design. This is a package. There you go. Mm. Uh, because then right. developer, they don't know what they are building, why they are building. And I think this is important that developer is not only like, the constructor of something that we, we do. They should know uh, what, what problem we are solving because they, they have completely different mindset, at least from mine, and, mm. and, and they have brand new ideas. They are super creative people. They, they know the problems. And, um, and so, 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 yeah, I think this relation is super important to be open and to not be treated like designers, developers, like cat and dogs. So it's not, it's not, it, it yep, shouldn't yep. be that. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I think that um, it's been super valuable for me to work closely with our developer to, you know, understand if something I'm designing is going to add to the build time, then I can be like, well, it's not really that important. We'll take that bit out or, you know, just, it makes a lot of sense. It helps you be more efficient as a design professional understanding that, I think. Totally agree there. You mentioned to me earlier when we were talking off interview that something that you quite like or like find like interesting about Buffer is balancing the like the personality of the brand with like the business needs as well. You know, can you tell us a little bit like how would you describe the Buffer brand first off and then talk about that balance a little bit? Yeah. So when we um, created a new identity for Buffer, it was like over two years ago or so, uh, we wanted something that is professional. I mean, that it builds trust, mm. but at the same time, it's kind of low-key. It's like something that is fun, that is like, I don't know, like you, you can play with, that's something that you can uh, spend time with. And I think like back then we, we were targeting mostly the social media managers. So they spend a lot of mm -hmm. time on social media. So we wanted something that is that is fun for them so they are not like tired bored and wanted to have like some fun illustration right. but at the same time we didn't want this to be like childish or something so we wanted to to find the right balance of colorful fun stuff with something that builds trust i would say when there is like a chart on here you have uh, i don't know something super professional that maybe suits for banks and then you have something super fun i think we would be somewhere in the middle on this on this on this chart hmm. i i see as i look at the buffer website maybe i'm seeing some of the like how with affinity designer you're able to draw in the same app that you're designing you know moving the pixels around in because we do see some like cool illustrative elements around the place and um, I don't know, just from hearing you talk about why you like Affinity Designer, I can see that coming through on the site. Like I can see that you've been able to include more of that stuff, which is really cool. Great. That's, that's great to hear that uh, it's visible. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's looking cool. I'm curious to know that. So as a solo designer, something that I always found to be a challenge was just like, there's always more work than I have time available to do it. I don't know. Is that something that you found oh, as well? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So what are some ways that you get around that? Like, have you implemented, I don't know, templates where people can self-serve? Is there some sort of process for people to request your help? 
talk to us a little bit about that because I know any other solo designers listening um, would love advice in this area. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think the OKRs are super helpful because uh, you have certain goals and you all work towards the same goals. So it's not like everyone mm-hmm. is, okay, I have this awesome idea and I will work on that. Uh, if that happens, right. I always ask why, like why you actually want to do that. Does it impact mm-hmm. the metrics we, we all work towards or what problems mm-hmm. does it solve? That would be my, my advice to ask why always when you start the project or someone asks you, like, I don't know, move this image some, somewhere, but just actually, why do you want me to move it there? It's not like I don't want to do that, but just like, tell me why. So maybe we can find another solution for the problem you're trying to solve. Yeah. And I mean, is it you the one who's weighing up okay, is this project that someone's asked me to work on, is it going to have more impact on our OKRs than this one over here that I'm already working on with the market, marketing team? Are you sort of weighing that up and, and deciding where your priorities should be? Uh, um, I think this this happens to me kind of naturally because we as uh, marketing designers are in this interesting position that we are touching all of the areas around. So that is like product yeah. is uh is data is development uh it's brand design uh brand marketing and um me jumping from one area to other area i just noticed that we have huge gaps and i just started to communicate that something something is off because i was in the situation like i am the one designer and i mm. should work on on everything so i just started noticing that maybe this project is important for this area but maybe if we take these resources and move them to the other project that is there, that would be more impactful and efficient for everyone. So it wasn't me deciding like, hey, let's not work on this. I was communicate that with, with the owner of the project, yep. but also with the managers, like maybe maybe they should take a look at this because maybe we are focusing on wrong areas. And um, then the OKRs came and we still are working on this to, to make it better and better. I think it happens, but it also needs time. I like that. I like that you're making use of the fact that, like you said, you are very connected across the company to a lot of different teams and a lot of different projects. And maybe you have more visibility of what's happening than people who are only needing to focus on like what's happening in their stream of work. So yeah, I think that's great to actually make use of that as well. Makes the whole company better, I think. This is why marketing designers are important, you know? Yes, they are so very important. <laughs> what are some other other challenges that you face as the the solo marketing designer on the team at Buffer? So we talked about like the stream of work and like making connections. Is there anything else you want to call out as a challenge? Maybe something you've overcome, something you're still working on? Uh, yeah, so definitely uh, those filling those gaps was a big problem for me. Uh, because I think as a designers, we should be curious and interested in the areas that are around us. But at the same time, yeah. it's super hard. And it was for me to not take too much on my plate because I, then I was like, okay, I understand that. And actually this is fun. I can grow in there. But then I actually was taking too much responsibilities because then I took too much on the management, too much on the messaging. Uh, and, and I just wanted to fix everything. So everyone is happy at yeah. work and because <laughs> of, yeah, working in certain areas, I could see more maybe, uh, that someone who is like just heads down on the one area. Um, so the, the, we had also like the situation like this with, uh, with new positioning. Uh, we started to be more focused on small businesses. 
and we we wanted to change the entire messaging right but i just didn't know what it means small business like small medium business because mm -hmm. when you think about small business or small medium business it is up to i think 500 people or Oof, something like which i would not consider small yeah personally. but if yeah. you like google what small business is this is it yeah 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 <laughs> and so yeah. i think you know like this is not small for me either so uh i didn't know actually what the messaging should be and how we as buffers solve mm. the problems um because before we were social media company and we were helping social media managers so that was like a big change for right me. that is quite yeah. a change and then I didn't know actually what I should design, how the new page should be structured, how the copy should be changed. I was reading a lot how to how to just like ask enough of why to understand what is the mm. the, the the value proposition of of buffer with the new positioning. And I found this book um, Story Brand uh, by Donald Miller, and there is like a great framework for writing this messaging, and and it's based on like a like a story. Uh, that you have always um, a hero and you have also a guide and there is something bad happening and the guide is helping you and then um, the author is is showing that actually every movie in Hollywood is based on this story and this is just like a <laughs> it's just like a hook for someone who who watched that or, or reads that so I was thinking I will try that and so I ran a few workshops with my teammates and also I uh, included stakeholders uh, to explain what they mean by we are helping small businesses and so we, we we started to 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 write the new messages for the for the home pages um, and for the pricing pages um, based on on that and this is great because this applies actually to everything um, it's great because then you can have like one cohesive story across not only the website but also all the channels that you can imagine yeah and i love that you were the one leading out on that as well you know identifying it as a problem and making it happen like what i'm hearing is basically you do a lot of things that aren't moving pixels around on a screen <laughs> yeah you know? a lot of invisible <laughs> you're design, bringing impact yeah. in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah invisible design i like it <laughs> invisible details so it sounds like the work you do obviously has a big impact on Buffer. And you know this not only from the way you contribute across teams, but also from the success metrics as well. You know, like you said about the homepage, a 20% increase in the MRR is amazing from, from the new homepage. What is the general attitude towards marketing design in the business at Buffer? We touch everything because we mm -hmm. touch like, yeah, like uh, MRR, but we also touch... I think employer branding too, and also like the branding. Mm -hmm. And I think that employer branding is something that it's actually not that obvious if you think of the role, but we noticed that for instance, we, we created a new uh, buffer identity. I have had many folks reaching out to me, Yulia, I finally can share uh, with my family where I work, you know, because like I am finally proud of this, uh, where I work. And Aww. so people started to really be proud that they are contributing to something that is that is great and it really impacted that and also like creating uh, the right guidelines or the resources so they can build like basic elements um, and then you actually contribute to something that you're not working on i mean right now yeah uh, but this is like 
Great, it's so fulfilling when I see someone used some of the components that I prepared earlier and they're, they're using it in the, following the guidelines and this is really on brand and this is super fulfilling. And also like the, the engagement of, of the customers, of course, this also builds trust for our customers and for new customers as, as well. I love that. I love that you can like technically have designed something without actually designing it <laughs> yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's a magic. Um, what sort of things do, do people build for themselves? Are they building out like like full landing pages, like social media assets. I don't know, what What have you allowed people to self-service? I would love uh, for people to, to build like simple landing pages and I'm sure that we'll get there soon, but it's not yet. Um, not yet, yeah. <laughs> I let them build like a simple um, promo assets uh, for advocacy yep. uh, team, for uh, social media to uh, they have like uh, basic templates. Sometimes if we have like a new campaigns, Great. they create just one graphic and then they multiplicate it for uh, for other uh resolutions and, and other stuff. That's great that they can do that. And are they, are you creating those in Affinity Designer and are they using Affinity Designer for that? Uh, no, then I use uh, Figma. So uh, I usually okay. just like... You are forced to use Figma. Yes. <laughs> no, this is like a great use case <laughs> of Figma and I agree. <laughs> but it's just like yeah, yeah. hard for me to to produce my work uh, from the start to finish. Yeah, you feel like you're cheating on Affinity Designer in a way <laughs> when you have to use Figma. <laughs> Let's end by talking about something you're most proud of from from your time working in marketing design at Buffer. Uh, yeah, so for sure that was the the uh, new Buffer's identity because it was it was a huge. It was yep. um, yeah, we had like really weird website back then. Like every single page looked differently. We didn't have actually show on what we do. Uh, that was all also in a different repository. So you could just see everything was different. Uh, the messaging was different, everything. So that was a, that was a big project first to, to ship that, then to see if they perform well, and then to uh, update all of the other uh, channels that are out there, then to prepare all of the assets and, it's a and, big project. and, yeah, and to, to teach people how they should use it. So that was, that was big and that for sure, like, yeah, this increase in uh, in monthly recurring revenue was was for sure like big, but uh, also we could see it in uh, the service. It comes to like more, I don't know, fresh projects. Um, we are working on a video explainer for um, for a new buffer um, that is coming up. That was great. This was something for me to grow as a designer and maybe a bit like an art director um, because again I used mm. the framework of um, Donald Miller and um, the entire it was a bit above one minute uh, animation slash video and so I created uh, the storyboard then a product marketing uh, marketer helped me with that and we created a copy and then we outsourced um, all of the ready uh, illustrations and all of the storyboard to, to, be, to, animated. to be animated and this was like a huge project uh, as well uh, because we because it was new to us and I think the the outcome yeah. was, uh, was 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 pretty good. I mean, I'm super satisfied, and and I see what I could improve next time. But I I, I think that was definitely uh, great uh, thinking that we did that almost entirely in house. 
yeah, that's awesome to just to have you involved in that that level of things as well, you know, in not just the illustrations for the video, but the the messaging behind it as well and the storyboard. And, and we had that. the sex. That's, that's a fun too, skill. Uh, because we saw There we go. <laughs> we saw that the engagement of the video was over seventy five percent and soon we will try also Amazing. Uh, this on the homepage and see if after watching the video uh, conversion rate increases or something like that. Nice. Okay. Well, we're going to have to like hear you report back on that, I think, um, to tell us how it went, but that's awesome. This has been really great, Yulia. I love hearing about and how a fellow solo designer, you know, gets their work done. And I love hearing about how involved you are in the whole company as well. So thank you for everything you've shared and thanks for being thank on the you. show. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hope you enjoyed the episode, everyone. Yulia to me is just like the embodiment of everything you need to be successful as the solo designer on a team. She's got this curiosity and willingness to learn new skill sets and jump in on things that, you know, are going to help make her design work better and fill in gaps. She can think about strategy and not just the pixels that she's putting on the page. Of course, she has a ton of passion for what she does as well. I hope you found it useful to hear about marketing design at Buffer. I would love to hear about any key takeaways that you had from this episode. You can feel free to tweet them to me. I am at Charlie Prangley on Twitter or leave a comment in the comment section on the YouTube video because um, in case you didn't know, Inside Marketing Design is a show available in both video and audio forms, and you can find both by searching for Inside Marketing Design on YouTube or on the podcast app of your choice. Uh, if you use Apple Podcasts to listen to the show, or I mean, quite frankly, even if you don't, I would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and a review. I think there is a severe lack of content around marketing design, around this like non-product side of design and tech. And if you leave a rating and review of the show, it helps us get in front of more people and hopefully it can help us find more designers like us who are in need of this type of content. I want to say a huge thank you to our sponsor Webflow. They make the process of designing, building and launching websites super simple, whether you're making landing pages like Yulia is at Buffer or using it for personal projects, side projects, your portfolio. Check it out at insidemarketingdesign.co slash webflow and give it a try for yourself. You'll find that link in the description slash show notes along with links to where you can find Yulia and check out some of her work at Buffer as well. All right, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next week for another nerdy deep dive into marketing design.